Frank, we finally did it. We built and shipped an app together. I don't know how you tricked me into that. <laughs> well, it all starts way back when, when we were in Bellevue at a Xamarin drink up about five years ago. Your and plans start that long ago. Now you're freaking me out, dude. <laughs> it all comes together finally. Uh, and, you know, I didn't even work for Xamarin at the time, but I knew one day after Microsoft acquired us that we would need the most amazing revolutionary tool for developers, <laughs> uh, you know, um, um, and I knew that you were the person to help out do that. Ah, okay. Well, that's very flattering and everything, but we'll keep it straight. We actually did. We actually got to build an app together. That's pretty cool. Um, it wasn't, it doesn't have like the big flashiest UI ever. Like, I think it would be fun if we actually put our minds together on a really big app or something like that. But this app is just kind of powerful. I like what this one does. <laughs> yes, it's more of a de developer tool than an app. And that's the thing is, it's not actually the user interface. Like you're saying, the UI is very minimal. I will say that once I took over some of the UI design, <laughs> me, me and Cody, there's a whole bunch of people. I, I like when someone said, how much did Frank have to do with this in the, in the team? I said, a whole lot, much Frank, very little, everyone else. But everyone was well, a team player, you know, and we did a lot together. And, and it turned out pretty good, even with the minimal UI that it is. Yeah, I, I think you and I are about to take a lot of credit for a lot of things in this episode. So let's start on a good foot, though, and say this was a team effort because there's a difference between, you know, getting a little demo working on your computer and releasing an app. It takes a lot of work to release an app and get it tested and all that stuff. And it was an awesome team effort from a lot of people over at Xamarin. So thank you, team. Yeah, I would say like I, I try to me and Cody, we all try to in Pierce, we try to PM it. And there was a lot of Visual Studio to people. If people don't know what we're talking about, by the way, <laughs> we are talking about the Xamarin Live Player. When you go to Xamarin.com slash live, um, this is a brand new uh, tool for Visual Studio. I would say it's an extension to Visual Studio part of Xamarin. Um, and it's a, a companion application that gets installed on the phone. And it allows you to continuously develop and deploy and debug your iOS and Android applications with nothing more than Visual Studio and an iOS and Android device. That That's my my elevator pitch last week. I re-listened mm -hmm. to the episode and we, you said, how do you elevator pitch? How was that elevator right. pitch? <laughs> Actually, I totally dug that one. Yeah, that, mm -hmm. that worked for me. Uh, yeah, th that was exactly what we were trying to do is uh, just kind of streamline a process, uh, get away, get rid of as many hurdles as we could. Yeah, and we got we got featured in the keynote day two. So oh yeah, this is this is the first time an app of mine has got mentioned in a keynote. Yeah, I've had a lot of We're demos. Excited. I've had a lot of demos in keynotes, but not a full application and not a full yeah. you know piece of developer you know yeah. software. And this thing's in the App Store. It's in the iPhone App Store, and it's in the Google Play Store. So we didn't mm -hmm. ship just on one platform. We shipped on two platforms, which, you know, is 10 times the burden. <laughs> Not same just day. one times. <laughs> Whoa. Same, same day, which was crazy because when uh, Chris, Chris and I were rolling it out, and I was right before my session with Miguel, and I was watching the keynote. We're like, as soon as Terry says it, as soon as Terry says it, like, press the go, right? And... Uh, and we had already had it approved by Apple and we had weird, I already had it in alpha channel for, for Google. And I put it into a public beta and they both were, went live within like 30 minutes. It was amazing. So yeah, you can go and download them and play around with them. Um, you know, it's, it's an early preview of it, I would say. Uh, and it's really cool because you, know, we, 
leading up to releasing the Xamarin Live Player, there was a lot of things that not only we did, but the team did together that we talked about on the show. We just couldn't talk about it when we did the whole <laughs> DevOps session. Oh, we yeah. Were, we were talking about this this app, right? <laughs> yeah. This is, I, I, I like to say that uh, my Git skills have gone up a thousand percent working on this project because I, you know, I'm kind of a lone developer. My Git is, involves, you know, Git commit and Git push. Like, that's pretty much all I have to do. But now working in a team and everything, I really had to up my skill level and pretty much up every skill level. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's, uh, I remember, and this is a, this application has a lot of sub sub modules and oh, it has yeah. a lot of moving parts. It has some F sharp dependencies. Yeah, we got some dependency management. Is so much fun. We all we all love it, right? We had we had nougats, we had sub modules, and we had multiple repos. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was it was a blast. I would say, and what we learned is that it really takes some documentation uh, of helping yeah. other people also get started, like me. You know, we have a lot of dependencies. I was like, open this solution, do this, open this solution, mm-hmm. do this, open this solution, do this, and run this special F sharp command and learn how to execute F sharp code. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so and, it was and cool. I- it was a big reminder to me how important documentation is because like, okay, it's fine. I can explain to one person how to do something. But then when the second person asks and I explain it a second time and then the third and you're just like, wait a minute, I'm doing this wrong. <laughs> I should really be writing a document right now, not actually chatting with this person. <laughs> yeah, it's in it was it was a super fun team effort. We used all those things that we talked about in that episode. And we'll, if you don't know, just go take a look at that or listen to that episode it is super fun uh, to do. And I think uh you know the there's a lot of people that are trying this and installing it and checking it out and have fallen in love with that i remember the first time i sat there and you're like check this out and you hit debug and like the app just shows up like that's the thing so this experience is people, <laughs> people are probably thinking well oh cool what are you plugging in your phone into your laptop or are you you know running it on a simulator like i've been able to do that you know for a long time mm-hmm. but that's not what we're talking about we're talking about like near instant you know, sometimes literally instant. In fact, we had to slow down. I asked Frank, I said, Frank, can you slow down the buffer? Because I'm typing, I'm typing. It broke my heart. I I, I was working so hard to make this thing as fast as I could, as fast as I could, as fast as I could. And then James sends me this message. I think it's going too fast. And I'm just like, no, no, James is perfect. (laughs) I I think right now I need an in-between. We need a slider of saying like, how fast do you want to re-shift the bits over? So, it's not compiling your code in Visual Studio, right? You're not compiling an app. Like, that's very important to know. You're not compiling an app. When you hit debug, it, like, sends all of your bit. I don't actually know how this thing works, but it sends all your bits over <laughs> there, and, like, your stuff gets interpreted. That's kind of what I've put is that some things are kind of pre-compiled up in a way. Like, there's libraries that ship with the app, obviously, but mm-hmm. there are, you know, things get interpreted over on that. But we're not doing your, your fun. I think later on we'll get into the what it does and what it doesn't. But mm-hmm. at the core, you hit debug. There's two modes. You hit debug and it sh- ships the bits over and you're in your application in like under five seconds, I would say. if And that's at the maximum if you have a really, really big <laughs> app where it has to do it. But after that, it caches all this stuff. So it's really almost diffs. I- I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Is that how that works? Yep. Pretty much, pretty much, yeah. Yep, it looks at file changes. So if you only change one file, I'm assuming it only ships over the one file. You nailed it. And uh, by the way, source code files, very small. Uh, they're just text, <laughs> um, which is cool. So they fly over there. And what's cool is that 
if you have a breakpoint, let's say you have a list and you you tap on an item, like you hit the breakpoint if you put a breakpoint in the selected you know event, or when you click on a button, like you can get the IntelliSense and the you can get the 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 um in, in the popover thing if you're mm-hmm. like in, in investigating variables, like it's very full featured for not even pre-compiling your application or anything like that, which is like pure yeah. magic to me. This was a really fun feature for me, uh, and I'm going to use fun in multiple ways here, <laughs> because uh, when we were first specking this out, I, I had an idea what uh, how this thing should work, like uh, the kind of flow, like I'm editing some code, I want it to appear over here and all that. And then the idea got brought up, well, let's make the debugger work too. And that's when like all the blood drained out of my face. I'm like, I've never written a debugger before. <laughs> I don't know. Um, 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 can I go cry now or no? <laughs> Something like that. Um, so it was, it was a, it wasn't even that difficult a feature to implement, but it was a lot of work. But the first time I actually saw it function, you know, actually hit a breakpoint and you could actually step through the code, I was like, oh, yeah, this was worth it. This is a pretty hot feature. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, when when developers are developing as we're, we're, you know, hitting debug, we expect it to debug and give us some information. I think, you know, if I look back in time and I wanted to go a little bit of, you know, where did this not necessarily with the inspiration of it from, but like if you take a look at other technologies that are out there, I think of the the browser, right? I think uh, mm-hmm. web developers have this awesome thing where they can modify some stuff and then refresh the page and yeah. then they see it. They don't even have to reevaluate it. Sometimes you can do it in browser and just modify things, and but they have to save it. One thing that's unique about <laughs> this application is that you can put it in this live run current view mode and you don't even have to save the file. You just type it, and then it shifts over your buffer, so you don't even have to save your file. I'm in a constant state of control Sing anyways, but Miguel at our session, he goes, he goes, I want to prove that you don't even have to save it, and he just typed in orange and like left the IntelliSense bubble up so you could see in like the little star yeah. that it wasn't, and it just, boom, there it is. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Well, uh, multiple points here. Uh, you brought up a lot. And I'll start by saying I was a little bit jealous of web programmers because Aren't they had all? such... Yeah, well, no. <laughs> they have to go through a lot of pain and suffering that native devs don't have to deal with. But, you know, there's pros and cons to every world. But I yeah. was jealous of how quickly they could turn around. They tend to use interpreted dynamic languages that don't use compilers, which means they actually have to write a lot of unit tests and everything. It's a lot of work, but... Um, it also means they don't have to sit through a compilation step. And I was a little jealous of that because they could uh, check things out a little bit quicker than we could. And so mimicking that was definitely a goal of mine. I wanted that same kind of turnaround time and that kind of thing. And then that whole feature that you're mentioning about uh, not actually having to hit save, I I think I mentioned it in the last episode where I wanted this to act more like Photoshop, where you're like working with a document. I'm working with the XAML. I'm picking the colors. I'm resizing things. Um, You know, you don't have to save, save your photoshop file to see a preview you know it should just preview as fast as it can yeah and it's like if and then if you want the full implementation let's say you're doing like a 3d modeling like you're modeling it live and it's only when you want the final final thing that you hit render it's kind of how i look at it too which is but in our instance there's kind of an in-between state where 
you can still hit the render button, which is debug, and it will then shift shift your bits. And then you're like, oh, I'm ready to ship my application. Then I go through the entire release management workflow of doing that. Or, I, or I'm accessing some feature, I think, of rendering. This is a great analogy, I, I think. Maybe I'm wrong. But when I go and I'm in, I'm in 3ds max I don't know if that's still a program that's what I use in college <laughs> um, when I wanted to see all my shadows and I wanted to see the full all the the rich textures that I'm putting on it I'd hit render and I'd wait for it to finish and I think of that as my like my LLVM compilation where I'm looking at my yep. final on disk shipping to somewhere but we have that real-time view where we can modify it and see it reflected but also we can investigate it live with that debug mode which i think is just like bananas right (laughs) yeah and it's almost like it's introducing just a third mode we're we're all used to having kind of debug and release versions of our apps where the debug version's easier to debug but maybe it's a little bit slower maybe it logs more maybe it has some gui that won't exist in the release build that kind of thing and this kind of takes that idea also this is um another variation of your app like the live view of your app um yeah kind of thing and i i for a long time you've been demoing this application that you made which is an ide for the ipad and there's other like mm-hmm. ides for other languages where you'd be able to essentially write an ios or, or forms application on the ipad and see it run live which is doing you know some similar things in a way, but a lot of different things, right? It's literally just everything on the iPad. There's no two-way communication right. outside of everything. Um, and, you know, people are, are probably wondering like, oh, you know, like, you know, Frank made continuous. That's awesome. Like, you know, it, it didn't come from that, but it, and so you figured out a lot of challenges, I assume, to bring some of those similar concepts and then expand upon it. Cause obviously there's no debugger and there's all this other stuff. And there's no communication oh, in Visual right. Studio and there's no, right? There's like a thousand other things in this application, yeah. which is just crazy. The, the big one for me is XAML. Um, so the, that, IDE that I built was very code focused. If you wanted to build a GUI, you had to write the code for the GUI. But that's not really good enough. If you're a a professional developer, you want to have these higher level abstractions, you want to have XAML. So including things like that was very important. Um, Yeah, but I could also say that this has just been um, a continuous process for me. I'm just always trying to um, improve kind of the developer experience. I don't know what I'm I think maybe I'm just like super lazy. I just have this like, (laughs) gold standard of how I want to be able to develop apps. And I just, you know, keep trying to um, uh, create little technologies that gets me closer and closer to this weird, lazy gold standard I'm trying to get to of how app development should be. <laughs> I like that, though. I mean, it, it, it it's it's what we all want. Like, I think in when Windows for UWP and I think WPF, they released this thing called Editing Continue, where you mm. could be in debug mode and, and you would hit a breakpoint or you do something, you could edit the file and then continue. And it was also doing something similar, but it still had to run your full application. So if developers are familiar with that feature, if you're a Windows developer, think of that, but like at a whole other level, really. <laughs> yeah, actually, I was speaking of jealousies. I was also jealous of that feature. Uh, yeah, I, never I was jealous had... <laughs> too. I was like, I want that. I want that. And I remember I, I would always, uh, I kept creating 64-bit apps. I only used it uh, when the first version came out, but I'd create 64-bit apps and they didn't support 64-bit apps for that. And I was like, come on, I really want to use this feature. So I'd like dumb all my apps down to 32-bit. And then I remember like, you could never create new classes when you were in that mode, at least in the first version. So I'd do everything like as 
static inner functions just changing another function like just because i wanted the feature to work yeah i went through a lot of hoops so yeah this is uh i think this one's a little better <laughs> but so, uh, edit edit and continue is cool this one doesn't do edit and continue so you can't set a breakpoint change code and then continue from there that would be mm -hmm. kind of an awesome feature instead what we do is we kind of restart the app or restart the screen that you're working yeah. on um but you know someday <laughs> Someday you never know, and I think it's I think it's a preview, right? So we're seeing what people want, what issues people mm -hmm. are running into. I just do I I last night I uh, two nights ago no last night yeah last night what's today Monday yeah, last night I rewrote the entire Android uh, networking code. Um, <laughs> I simplified it. Uh, we, that sounds safe. I, uh, it sounds safe. I tested it then on the test cloud on 180 devices and 170 oh. 179 work. So I'm very happy. I approve of that. Yes. Wait, wait. So, uh, what? Six didn't work. Is that what you said? Uh, one. <laughs> What's wrong with these six? I oh one. I hate one. this one. It's What's a, wrong with that one? <laughs> Huawei something. Now, who knows if there was an issue? Huawei. They got me. <laughs> they got me. But it works on my Huawei, so that's okay. And that's the thing is, there's oh, so yeah. many Android devices. We support twelve thousand, right? <laughs> so it, it's feedback like that that we need. But the new code is, is much nicer, nice. and uh, and it doesn't crash the app. So yeah. Well, talking about big features is uh, getting this puppy working on Android because up mm -hmm. till now um, I had been concentrating all my efforts on you know making iOS awesome, <laughs> and then someone said, "Hey, uh, you know." Could we do something awesome on Android too? And I said, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yes, please. And well, that's the thing. So, so when we talk about like what it is and what it isn't, right? So you mentioned that it does XAML. So you can do Xamarin Forms XAML. Yeah. Yeah. Code behind. Big feature. I XAML data binding. That's data. a huge one for me. Yeah. Because um, you know, you you, you use um XAML is so data binding dependent. You know, if the data binding is not active, I basically get a blank page and it's just hard to design against a blank page. So you start putting in like random lorem ipsum text everywhere and then your refresh screen looks a little funny. So I love having the data binding functioning. Yeah, I remember when you when that landed, um, I was doing all these kind of weird hacks, to, like get the default mm -hmm. stuff like working just to test it out. And you can totally do stuff without data binding just fine. Just update some properties here and there. Sure. And then when you got data binding working, I was like, oh, it all works great. And it all works <laughs> as expected. I It, it blew my mind. Uh, and that was cool. So yeah, data binding in the XAML. Um, I think it, you can do resource binding. You can do all that stuff that's in there, um, which is crazy. Yeah. And, and this is uh, the full app. So yeah. And I, I want to give a shout out. Uh, a lot of that was possible. Thanks to Xamarin Forms team open sourcing their stuff. And thank God for that, because they've been doing some also awesome work over on the Xamarin Forms team. So we were able to leverage a bunch of it. Built built on the shoulder of giants. Yeah, that's the thing is yeah. when people think about, I remember when, when you were um, developing Continuous a long time ago, but you think about it, it's like uh, for that application, you had to write like a, what, F-sharp interpreter, C-sharp mm -hmm. interpreter, um, a Xamarin Forms stuff. Like Xamarin Forms was then open sourced. Then you took yeah. Roslyn, right? Well, I wrote it. it 
I wrote it before Xamarin Forms was open source, so it was actually even uh, harder for me. It was kind of a pain, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a lot of work uh, to get all that working. And this project, I, we were making fun in the beginning about all the dependencies and sub modules we had. Well, we had that because we pulled in everyone's code. <laughs> we wanted this <laughs> thing to do everything. So um, this is definitely building on the shoulders of giants. Just took a bunch of projects and just built on top, built on top. Yeah, and even if you look at, so I am a big fan when you um when you go into uh, when you go into the settings page in the new 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 version or the newest versions of it, you'll see I list all of. I'm a big fan of listing everybody's libraries that we use in oh, the apps, yeah, nice. and I can probably expand on a little bit more. But these are just the new get packages alone. So obviously, I use a lot of my own, like connectivity and MVVM helpers <laughs> and permissions and settings and shares. But we use Toast plugins and version tracking. And somebody kept asking me on Twitter, how is that QR code scanning so Ooh. dang fast? Yeah. <laughs> and that is due to John Dick and the awesome ZebraCrossing.net uh, mobile library. And he literally was coming out with new versions as we're getting to release. He's like, you got to do this. It's so freaking fast. You know what I mean? And I was like, yeah, well, I'm ready. I remember when I first implemented his library, I was like, wait, this thing's ridiculously fast. I, I almost wanted to slow it down because I thought it was like, honestly, just too, too fast. fast. And then <laughs> I get a message from James. No, we're going to make it faster. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I don't really know what you're talking about. But sure, I like fast. <laughs> I got to do it. And uh, so it was really cool. I mean, we do so much in it. And, and we said, so XAML, we have all that stuff for XAML and forms. You can obviously do coded UI behind, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're just, a lot of people then said, you know, we keep showing XAML all the time because people love XAML, but I often create pages that are just in C Sharp because it yeah. might be easier for me. Ain't that the truth? I mean, I love declarative UI languages. Like if you're doing a forms page and all that, it's the way to go. But mm -hmm. I, I end up writing a lot of custom controls and things like that. So I end up writing a good chunk. I mean, in most of my apps, like 90% of the UI in, in code. But I know I'm kind of a weirdo. So I wanted to make <laughs> sure we had all the declarative stuff working too. Yeah. And that's a good thing to talk about is t custom controls because it's not just Xamarin Forms. Um, right. on, in the side of iOS, at least, is where it can shine, where you can do a lot of developers and me forever just did almost all coded UI behind in native iOS Xamarin because mm -hmm. I don't really like storyboards or nibs all that much. <laughs> I, no. I mean, if I if I can make it in code, I'm going to make it in code because it can straighten systems. I use the new stack control or whatever. Oh, yeah. Stack view. It, yeah. It's so good because it reminds me of all the controls that I've had for the last 10 years on any other platform. Right. Burn. <laughs> Uh, but now I have it and like I could almost write all my UI just like that. And uh, it's really cool to think about like doing that, but also custom controls. I showed on stage the very famous uh, Frank code that he him and I wrote one day. Mostly you wrote was <laughs> off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, was we wanted to like uh, kind of show something cool, which is kind of making a custom view where you're going to drag a ball, like you're going to paint the background, you're going to draw a circle, but then you're going to interact with touch events because that shows that it's not just full applications, it's custom controls. So if you're doing even Xamarin Forms and doing custom controls and saying, oh, run current view, and then you can literally just develop that entire custom control and modify and tweak everything in real time. It's kind of really cool to think about and actually do, I should say. Yeah, I, I was really excited about this project because it was about executing 
the code on the device, which means you get to actually interact with it. And so I've done previous versions of this. Anyone who follows me knows um, I've written small add-ins for Xamarin Studio in the past, and these would enable the simulator to kind of act like this. It had a lot more limitations than this thing has, but it was like an early version of it. But it only it only worked with the simulator, and the problem there is you're you're interacting with a simulator with a mouse, and it's just not uh, exactly how the device is. And so I was really excited to have that idea, that workflow, move actually onto the physical device, so you can yeah drag your finger around, hit buttons, you know, do all the crazy stuff that you do. Yeah. So what isn't it, Frank? What isn't it? That's what it is, but what isn't it? <laughs> well, it has a lot of limitations. Um, it's pulling off a big trick, and you're going to run into cases where it can't execute all of your code. So at some point, uh, you might run some code that it has trouble with, things like that. Uh, so what isn't it? Um, like you said, it's that big renderer in the beginning. So sometimes you need to do a full render pass of your video or your 3D rendering, something like that. It, it's it's everything that you can do up until that point. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to do quite a bit, but it's not going to do everything is kind of what we're saying, right? And Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I'm a weirdo. I tend to bend to the will of my tools. I, I'm a little bit biased here, but like I, I, when I was dog fooding this thing, I was writing a lot of little apps and, you know, I'd run into a little error here or there. You know, this thing wasn't bug free <laughs> through its development and I would just kind of work around it because the experience it was giving me was so worth it that every time I ran into a little limitation of it, um, I would just kind of work around it. Now I'm totally biased. I'm a weirdo. I know it's limitations, so I can do that trick but just saying like it was so worth it that i just kept plowing on <laughs> yeah that's what i kind of do as i kept going through now i do want to talk a little bit about uh, under the hood a lot of people are probably a little bit curious of some technologies and things uh and some limitations or what's out there and a little bit of the development that we went through besides just what the feature is but uh, i do want to thank our amazing sponsor this week of merge conflict which is actually at a conference that I'm at right now, which is Visual Studio Live. And you're probably saying, James, if you're at the conference, why are they the sponsor? Well, because (laughs) Visual Studio Live is a development conference series, the world's trusted educational provider of developer-focused content. And they've been doing world-class conferences since 1993. Now, their main focus is on .NET and Visual Studio, uh, and they have tons of upcoming events all throughout 2017. So in June, they'll be in Washington, D.C., in Redmond in August, in Chicago in September, Anaheim in October, and Orlando in November. And I'll be at quite a few of these shows, to be honest with you. I love Visual Studio Live. Uh, They focus on all sorts of different development topics, uh, such as ALM and DevOps, Visual Studio, Visual Studio for Mac, .NET Core, Azure, Xamarin. I'm literally going to be talking and showing off all this amazing stuff uh, tomorrow at the conference. Um, And they have a bunch of these upcoming conferences uh, that are amazing. And there's tons of other great speakers, too, like Laurent Bonnion, Rachel Appel, Scott Hanselman, Billy Hollis, Deborah Carrada, Nick Landry, so many more. You can go to vslive.com to learn about all of the upcoming conferences. And as a, a special for all listeners of Merge Conflict, 
if you or any of your colleagues or anyone else is going to these shows, you can get four to $500 off by entering coupon code MERGEConflict. Uh, so uh, Washington, D.C., $400 off. The ones later in the year, $500 off if you register early. So definitely check it out. Go to vslive.com, coupon code MERGEConflict. Thanks, VS Live, and I'm super excited to talk tomorrow. Ooh, that is an awesome coupon code. That's some big bucks. (laughs) It is. Yeah, if you're going to go, and a lot of times, uh, a a lot of developers go to conferences, but their their companies are like, oh, I don't know, but, you know, it's a hefty ticket, you know, and they're like, oh, I got $500 off. That's literally your room and board, you know, at at the hotels. (laughs) Merge conflict. So under the hood, Frank, we Mm. talked a little bit about this is being interpreted on the device. There's a debugger. There's a Mm -hmm. connection. But I have to scan things. Can you talk a little bit about the, the <laughs> process of, you know, this isn't just, there's more things happening in the world. Can you yeah. not indulge too much, but a little <laughs> bit of under the hood of, of what you had to do to make this stuff happen? Yeah, uh, I think people, the first striking thing about it is this funny QR code that pops up and that's how <laughs> um, it synchronizes with the IDE. Uh, you know what needs to happen here is these two different machines need to learn how to talk to each other because we do actually everything over Wi-Fi. And so you don't need a wire or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So you have two devices in a room, they need to learn how to talk to each other. And, you know, you can do all sorts of crazy network setup things and all that. But we settled on this idea of let's just use a QR code to do a quick pairing. And then they can do an information exchange with each other and learn how to talk to each other. So that's all it is. It's just trying to get these two machines as easily as possible. And we thought, ah, most phones have a camera, you know, this is a nice quick way to make friends (laughs) (laughs) with these two devices. And even if you don't have a camera, there is the backup scenario, which mm-hmm. is that you can just enter the, the the number that's on the phone into Visual Studio and it will still pair. So if you're on an older iPod or something like that, it would still mm-hmm. work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, th- that w- that was when I got introduced to the world of Android and devices that don't have cameras. <laughs> like, you oh, like good job, Android. <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay. So um, once you're paired up, we have uh, little add-ins for Visual Studio and uh, Visual Studio for Mac. And what these add-ins do, it's, it's not actually too much, but uh, they support kind of two modes, uh, debugger mode or this kind of single view mode. Uh, this continuous single view mode. And I'll elaborate. So the idea here is um, I want to focus on one screen of my application. We all break our applications up into multiple parts, uh, custom views, custom pages, things like that. And -hmm. usually when you're working at work, you just want to focus on one area. So we have this great mode where you just say, focus in on this page or this view. And all the extension does is sit there and waits for you to edit some code. <laughs> so just <laughs> la-di-da-di-da-di-da, you know, waiting for the human. <laughs> and then once the human has decided to change a color or something, it uh, sends over, like you said before, a little bit of diff of the code so that it can uh, tell the device what it needs to show on the screen. And then the device, um, it does like a compilation step, it does a little interpretation step, and it, then it does. It tries to figure out what you're trying to look at, and then it puts it up on the screen for you. And yeah. at the same time, it's executing all the code. So all your code behind is working. Like we said, all your data binding is working. Uh, logic, basically. So you get design and logic. Well, there's a lot of stuff happening. There's a lot of stuff. A lot of- there are so many pieces. <laughs> but that's awesome, though, right? Because when you think about 
this technology, it's not just an app. Like there's so much magic that even if I look at a feature like edit and continue, like who knows like what the heck the Windows team mm-hmm. is doing. So when you look at this, like it may look like just a little simple application, but it's doing a crap ton of stuff under the hood. Well, not to mention the, like you're even shipping that, over images, right? You know what I mean? And we're <laughs> displaying them. Yeah. Well, what's Crazy. an app without images? You have to have images in your app. Yeah, uh, we, we learned that early on when images weren't working. And we're like, huh, these apps are kind of missing something here. <laughs> it's just yeah. not the same. Yeah. And uh, so so in this, so it's it, the actual application is a Xamarin Forms application, yeah, the Xamarin yeah. Live Player app. But it can execute Xamarin Forms apps or single views. And uh, I was messing around with the, the visualization code in the app and so essentially, like when you ship over the bits, like you do, you have to. I, I know what you're doing, but I'm asking as if I'm interviewing you. <laughs> Ooh, I like this. Yeah, it's like interview Frank on Merge Conflict. Uh, you yes, are please continue inspecting the code essentially to figure out what to do. How does that? How does that work? Yeah, like, um, to do what? Well, like what's the next step once the bits are there? I guess you know. Yeah, once it's kind of compiled your code, it has the IL, it knows what classes exist in it and all of that. And so, again, we have the two modes, the kind of debugger mode or the focused on a view mode. And if it's debugging, then it has to go figure out how to start your app. You know how we all have our main function in our apps? It has to go look for that guy and start executing it. And, you know, programmers are funny. They can do anything they want in there. So once it started executing it, then it has to figure out what were the ramifications vacations of this execution what did they actually end up doing and so you execute the code and then go look around hey what objects did they create you know what happened and that's what it'll present to the screen now alternatively when you're in the focus mode you're actually telling it which type you want to see so the the step is actually a lot simpler it just has to new up that object and start and put it on the screen nice and simple got it got it that makes sense so Mm -hmm. That makes sense to me. That makes sense. And we also added for part of that, though, is that we have very good Xamarin form support and we have very good co behind iOS support. But there's also even like limited storyboard support at all. Can you talk to that a little bit, too? And like what it does and maybe what it doesn't do or mm-hmm. or is it not even recommended? <laughs> recommended well that's a whole different topic that's philosophical i'll leave that one aside um (laughs) so in case you're an android developer storyboards are the declarative uh language i would say but no one programs storyboards it's an xml file but no one handwrites these things um what people use is the Zam- uh the <laughs> visual studio for mac <laughs> uh storyboard ed- designer editor it's built right in so if you double click on a storyboard it you know you can start moving windows around and putting windows up uh our goal was to support storyboards as well as we could <laughs> because um it's storyboards are a generalized object graph it's just saying here are the objects and you know make it so um here are their relationships here's how they're connected to each other all that kind of stuff uh so it's it's a very big task to support all of storyboards and so we're just trying to support the parts of storyboards that people mostly use this is a again a great part where people can send feedback for anything that doesn't work but we're just trying to cover kind of like the 80%, 90% scenario of what people actually do in storyboards. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, it's it kind of leads me into the last section I wanted to talk about, which was 
some limitations of doing it this way and and even having all of this power that it's not going to give you everything right under the sun, but it's going to give you a lot. But there are some limitations such as one. I mean, even for the ability to just say, well, storyboards, like, well, which version of storyboards? Is it like iOS 7? Is it iOS 8, right? I'm sure you didn't even think about that, but I'm I'm thinking of it, right? And and what about, you know, uh, Xamarin people? I literally had someone open a bug and, uh, on one of my GitHub repos, and they said, this thing works very good in Xamarin Forms uh, 1.2, but when I upgraded to 1.3, this mm. was yesterday. And I go, What? And I'm like, it's already on 2.3.4. I'm like, that that is a three-year-old version. <laughs> yeah, so what, one thing this app does, it, it actually does kind of lock you into a version, a little secret sauce here. So <laughs> even, if you, even if you target, you know, uh, Xamarin Forms version 4000, uh, we're still going to serve you version 2.34 for now. <laughs> it's kind of how things are. It makes our lives simpler. Um, so it has some kind of limitations there. In general, it will take nougats, so you can send it nougats and things. But it has a list of things that it's not very good at executing, um, and I think that's generally what you're going to run into is those kinds of limitations. Something will just not be supported eventually when you hit like reflection. Um, storyboards have their own few little limitations, like actions don't work fully, things like that. Yeah, that makes sense, and it's and it's also hard because. Because if you're interpreting things, you're not going through a full. You yeah, know, you you miss thing. out. You yeah, <laughs> you know it turns out the full runtime is this big powerful thing, and so yeah. if you're not going through the you know one minute compilation, that full big render process as we keep calling it, yeah, you're gonna miss out on a few little things. <laughs> and, and I would say what's interesting about the development of this is that I. I'm obviously a huge Android fanboy, as everybody knows. I'm going to Googlio. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time Googlio. this records, I'll already have been at Googlio, and we'll recap that <laughs> probably next week. But um, when I started playing around with Android, it was all working good. And then I ran an application where I wasn't setting the background color of a view, and I was running the current oh. view, and I couldn't see anything. I was like, what the mm-hmm. heck is going on? And it was because if you remember how Android works, it's all theme based. So you're running your app or even your current view inside of our view. And the default values that Xamarin Forms takes is our value. So, oh, what actually happened was I had a a window color of a dark gray color. And then mm-hmm. all of the apps that would get run would apply that dark gray color as the default window color because that's what it is instead of a transparent color. So it actually uses your view, uh, which is interesting to think about um in general (laughs) well so i had to yeah i had to like i'm like what is going on and i and i kept (laughs) bugging you and i I don't even think you know what's going on did you well i I, in in the back of my mind i knew exactly what was going on the thing here is that we're we're properly rendering things using the native controls you know we're not playing games we're not showing you pngs or anything like that we're not doing any custom rendering we're showing you if you say you want a text box we're going to put a text box there this is you know we're trying to be as faithful as possible and so um what james is describing is did i understand what was going on no because i don't understand android theming it's complex it's weird there's there's style ids everywhere so james is like the background's great and i'm like yep android good luck (laughs) so so i i did an entire android walkthrough i'll put these in the show notes i did a getting started video which has gone over extremely well and then i also have a 
getting started with Android because there's some unique things which I think will continue to add upon, mm-hmm. which is that you have a visualization theme. So by default, the app, even though the app looks like it's in a dark theme, the entire Xamarin Live Player app, it's actually using a light theme. I've just customized it so it looks that way. And I'm very good at Android. So uh, that's <laughs> why I, I'm, I'm extremely good at Android. It's my favorite platform. So you can toggle it to dark theme and it's saying like, hey, what is your app using? Now, most apps file new use light theme. So I just default to that. And then if you're using a dark theme of your app, then you'd go down that route to, to actually apply those things. Um, so if you're wondering like, oh, why is this not looking correct or whatever, it's there. And I think we'll have additional properties and additional things that we ship colors and allow you to pick things down the road just because Android is such a complex, like they're both complex beasts, but mm-hmm. Android, so you're, you're you got to remember you're not only just doing Android or iOS, but you're doing Xamarin forms on top of it and the two layers mm-hmm. and then doing custom controls. So it becomes this like really interesting me thing. It's interesting, yeah, because that's not only just the app. And then, like you were talking about, I rewrote the networking code. Is uh, everything was working great on your device for several months, and then <laughs> it was not working on my device. Only some of it would work, and that's because Android's IP networking stacks are extremely confusing. Ladies and gentlemen, working. this was so frustrating for me. This was the classic. It's working on my dev machine. Like, I swear to God, for a month or maybe more, I had this thing of the software worked great for me. (laughs) But every time I tried to get someone else to use it, they're like, nope, nothing. Blank screen, crashes, nothing. I'm just like, please, God, what is going on here? I do not understand what is going on. Finally, I had to have James come over to my house so we could sit together and figure out what the heck was this stupid thing doing. (laughs) That was great. And actually, you know what? When I went over there, you had this. Can you describe your setup at home for people with yeah. the live player app? Because it's amazing. <laughs> it's a little funny, but I'll, I'll try. So I, I just have a single uh, big monitor in front of me, whatever. People like dual monitors, whatever. But I have, I have a big monitor in front of me. But more importantly than that, I have a little um, dock or clamp. It's like a floating clamp that you can put an iPhone in or an iPad in. And that puts the iPad basically right above my keyboard but like right in front of me and kind of right next right below the code that I'm actually working on so I look up I see the code I look down a tiny bit and I have the device in front of me and it's a really good position for me to actually just use my fingers on so it's I what I'm going for here is I want a tight correspondence between my code and what I'm actually seeing so in my in my line of view I can change a little bit and in my peripheral vision I see you know something change it's kind of how we when we all have our simulator up i think most people end up docking kind of the simulator to the left or right and putting our code to the left and right because you want that tight correspondence between the code and the effect of the code and so i've just kind of tried to create that in the physical world yeah and it was pretty much amazing because often when i have a simulator or i do screen mirroring i have to like minimize the how big visual studio is but in this case i ordered one off amazon by the way i was so obsessed when i saw yours (laughs) <laughs> because in this instance, Visual Studio is still your entire monitor. Just you have this device that's like hanging out, being your best friend. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's like develop for me. Make apps yeah. for me. Get yeah. off your butt. <laughs> so, Frank, we've been talking a lot about the Xamarin Live Player under the hood, the limitations, how excited you can tell in our <laughs> voice how excited we are about this. And like I said, I had very little to do. I had very little to do with this application. Uh-huh. I don't want to take any credit at all. Uh-huh. Um, I did demo it a lot and I made it shine. <laughs> Promo. But, but uh, can you let, I wanted to do this 
what's our favorite features of of the Xamarin Live Player application right now today, like when people get it? For me right now, it's data binding because I I want to do more in XAML. I actually do get frustrated writing code, uh, writing UIs by code. And yet, um, I've never really been that good at XAML, to be honest. And so I'm really looking forward to the quick turnaround cycle so I can start taking more advantage of data binding and just trying to eliminate boilerplate code. I, you know, I hate repeating myself in code. So I just want to get rid of all that. I want to write my apps in a more declarative way. So for me personally, it's the data binding. I just can't wait to streamline a bunch of my apps and UIs. Yeah, I'd say my my favorite feature is that it's more than just the user interface. And, and, and I'm not talking custom controls. I'm talking that you can not only just modify the the user interface, but you can modify the code behind. So if you have data bindings, you can update those data bindings in the UI, but also in the code behind and everything reacts accordingly. And what I really like is I'm going to be starting to use the live player applications in my plugin development. And those are accessing native features, whether it's geolocation or connectivity, because right now I have to go through all these compilations to test them on a physical device and it takes forever and I have to worry about Mm. all this other stuff. So when I want to check connectivity, well, guess what? I have a test application that, guess what, is just coded UI, very, very simple, and I can press go and it will tap into my native functionality to help me actually test these things. Or it's a Xamarin Forms app most of the time anyways. And I can, you know, the UI doesn't matter about it's what happens and how do I debug the code further on. So that's what's super helpful for me, actually. Yeah, and you just said debug, right? I forgot. That's actually my favorite feature, too. <laughs> I, I love how fast it is. <laughs> you just press the button, and then, boop, breakpoint hit. <laughs> it, boop, and yeah, it works. Because, you know, me, I'm not a great programmer. I got to, you know, it takes me about three tries to get something right. So <laughs> I really need that cycle to be fast. <laughs> As it should be. As it should be. Um, all right, cool. I think anything else you want to talk about at all on this on this puppy? No, I'm just really excited to have it out. Um, This is kind of a passion of mine, um, these kind of quick editing cycle kind of things. And so it's really excited. I'm really excited to have a bunch of people looking at it. And thank you all for your patience as we iron out all the little things. (laughs) Yes, and it is in preview. So if you have the the, um, Visual Studio 2017 preview, which is very easy to have. I had in the get starting video, which will be in the show notes or Visual Studio for Mac, the alpha channel will also work. Um, it's very easy to install. And, and that way it's kind of nice because you can install these things side by side. Visual Studio 2017, you have two side by side installs and they're completely separate, mm. which is nice. Yeah, I like it a lot. It's quite it's quite nice. Um, and it's available today. It's like we have a forum. We have a uh, um, feedback loop inside the application. So you can literally take a screenshot of what's going on, take a photo of what's going on and send that to us. And that opens up a email communication channel. And then we can put that into Bugzilla, which is the bug tracker and get that feedback back, um, which is super cool. And it's been really cool to see people, but um, give feedback and using it. And, and whenever I demo it to anyone, they just get blown away. So I'll put a bunch of links in the show notes, not only to my videos, but to the channel nine, uh, build 2017 interviews and demos that we did. And of course the live player application itself. So you can install it and check it out. Yeah. Yeah. And I love seeing it on the store. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah. 
So give us some feedback. Hit us up on Twitter. Um, you can, of course, leave feedback for the show anytime. Uh, we have a Twitter account for the show specifically at Merge Conflict FM. You can find us on t- Facebook. You can look that up yourself. Uh, we also have our own personal Twitter accounts. I'm at James Montemagno. Frank is at Proclarum. If you want to leave feedback in a um, longer form, you can, of course, go to mergeconflict.fm and leave us an email. Hit that contact button um, and leave us an email and we'll read it on the show. Uh, we love listener feedback. It's one of our favorite things to do. And if you love Merge Conflict, you can support the show by checking out our amazing sponsor, VS Live, going to vslive.com. Or if you want to rock Merge Conflict wherever you go uh, at mergeconflict.fm, you can go to the shop and buy awesome stickers. In fact, if you're at mm-hmm. Build, I gave away tons of stickers. Um, <laughs> and those uh, stickers help help the show, help us... Um, keep the show running and do awesome, awesome things for all of our listeners. Um, and until next time, this is Merge Conflict. I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Kruger. Thanks for listening. Peace.